Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to some Toronto Raptors news. Riker, we're only about a month into the season, but the Raptors are already making cuts. Unfortunately for Alex Len, he has been waived by this team, so I guess firstly we have to say goodbye to Alex Len. Not the most memorable career as a Raptor, but certainly seemed like a fun guy in the locker room and stuff. But as we do that, there's also some speculation this could be a move for future moves, but... Before we dive into all that, what are your just thoughts on the career of Alex Len as a Toronto Raptor? I wish I had the stats in front of me. I think in the last 10 games, no, the last five games that Alex Len and Aaron Baines have played combined, they're 0 for 10 from the field, zero points, a ton of turnovers, <laughs> I think only 10 rebounds, very <laughs> minimal impact. We wanted him to be a culture guy. It's fun when we get European type players, international type players. We saw how much fun we had with the fan base from Lithuania when we had Jonas Valanciunas on the team. I thought Ukraine might be that next awesome <laughs> fan base, but it didn't last very long, unfortunately. You have to still make the most of your minutes, and this team, it just wasn't for Alex Len. Riker, what's your favorite Alex Len moment as a Toronto Raptor? What stands out to you just over his, his month-long history as in the Toronto organization? When you said, when you were really high on this guy, watching his practice videos leading up to the start of the season, you said, I think he has a good stroke. I'm watching him hit threes and warm up at, at the practice arena. And I think he completely bricks. He completely airballed his first two shots in a Raptors uniform. That was my favorite moment then. That's tough. That was uh, that was the most hyped I certainly was for Alex Len, watching those videos on Instagram of him and Bembry just working on those three-point shots and coming in thinking they'll be that stretch five. We don't need Serge. We don't need Mark. Alex Len's going to be the savior from distance. And as you said, had those poor shooting nights to start off his, his career, but had one game against the Knicks where I think he hit three corner threes. So honestly, for that... I, I am gracious of Alex Len's time with the Toronto Raptors. I hope he picks up a, a roster spot on another team. Wishing all the best for him. He seemed like a solid locker room dude. A good interview for those those reaction stuff on the Raptors YouTube channel. But Riker, that's not the main point of this video. Because Alex Len, for the deep bench piece he was, he wasn't that integral to this team. But he was taking up a roster spot. And... With his cut, with him being waived at this point in the season, obviously the Raptors are moving away from that center, the two the two gru grueling big man, old school center lineups, and they're thinking the Raptors could move in another direction. Do you think this could be via trade? Do you think this could be via tr uh, free agent signing? Maybe turning one of our two-way guys? What are, What's the first thing that sort of comes to mind when you, you see Alex Len get waived? Yeah, you put him on waivers. You clear up $2.3 million in cap room. There's a couple names that have been floating around. We hear Kevin Porter Jr., a young, promising prospect turned nuisance uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, saying that it's modern-day slavery to their GM, and now it's been immediately reported that they're looking to either move him via trade or waive him as well. I don't know if that's the guy that the Raptors would want to bring back into the franchise of course people have been putting we made a video about it reacting to people wanting drummond so badly i don't know if this particular move is any indication that a big trade is happening for andre drummond but a guy like wendell carter jr that you're going to talk about a little bit later in this podcast there's guys out there but ben the one that i want to start with first i don't know if he's still available i should have checked this before but hustle man chap ronde hollis jefferson he was 
commenting on something saying that he's still available commenting at the Raptors the Toronto Raptors is it possible that this move is to sign back our our hustle guy or our rebound guy or don't touch his hat guy <laughs> hustle man chap is a guy that we've seen in our comment section on all of our platforms tiktok instagram youtube plug in the tiktok early on in this video but everyone wants hustle man chap back and for as much as a fan favorite he became last season i don't think the raptors are going to inevitably bring him back because the rise of Stanley Johnson, OG Ananobi continuing to be such a strong wing defender, I think we sort of have those roles filled that Hustleman Chap would come in and sort of provide, and they do it with the added plus of at least solid three-point shooting. Even Bembry, who is a hustle guy, he does the three-point shoot a lot better than Hustleman Chap, even though it's not at a tremendously high level at all, really, but so I think I'd, I'd be surprised if we end up re-signing Rondé Hollis-Jefferson unless some people go down with injuries or who knows what can really happen during this very variable season. But you brought up some other names there. And Andre Drummond, he's a guy that we, we probably talk about in every second video. He comes up in all of the Your Take Not Ours video because everyone in Raptors, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, they all want him. And I guess what we can break him down first again because we now have this roster spot. We don't have Len anymore. Do you want to sort of summarize what we've been saying on the past few videos, Riker? Yeah, to summarize, it's always been no, no, no. We don't want this guy because he can't shoot the three. And then recently, the Raptors have been decimated on the boards. They don't have any traditional guys. Chris Boucher has done a fantastic job, but he's still undersized against a true big like Joel Embiid, his daddy, Dwight Howard, uh, or even guys I would suspect like... Um, yeah, I'm looking at your face there just because he was so scared and so petrified of Dwight Howard, who puts up probably two points per game. Uh, so he's still there's still a lack of size when you're playing bigger front court opponents. So it makes sense that you'd bring in a guy like maybe Andre Drummond, who's on only one year left in his contract and you don't need to re-sign him. That's where we're at. I think that people are undervaluing what his worth is on the trade market. I know that the Cavaliers, they have a ton of bigs now, including very young, very promising Jared Allen. But I still think that they could get some good pieces in return. And just saying you're going to trade them one for one with Norman Powell, I don't think would cut it. Daddy Dwight Howard. Wow. Whoa. Not even father. Not even guardian or the daddy with the Y, too. It's a <laughs> rip Chris Boucher. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with you on the points you brought up with Andre Drummond and he was traded for a bag of peanuts from the Detroit Pistons to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he sort of built back up somewhat of a decent level amount of trade value, especially where he's at an expiring contract this season. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because he's been put on the block. But the player that I sort of look at with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I honestly get a little bit more excited about is two-time NBA champion JaVale McGee. And he's a guy, can't shoot the three, can't really be that much of a threat on the offensive end. But the area of the floor where he would be really strong, especially going up against these different players, these different bigs in the Eastern Conference, is on the defensive end. And he's a guy that has shown he could play in a strong system, obviously coming from those Golden State teams and just winning a championship at the LA Lakers. He's, he's a solid veteran that I think... I'd be more comfortable with throwing out there, even though he can't shoot it like Baines, I'd be more comfortable with him out on the floor if we had to put him out there during a playoff series or during some important games than maybe the bigs that we have right now, obviously not counting Chris Boucher. 
Yeah, he's been on some good teams, but I would be very hesitant to bring in the king of Shaq and a fool when the Raptors are trying <laughs> he to shed avoid that name. He's that's that's gone because he plays only five minutes per game, ten minutes per game. I I understand where you're coming from, but I I think we are moving in a direction that is ability to at least shoot the three, at least be willing to take the three point shot, at least have a decent form, be younger, be more athletic. I don't know if JaVale McGee fits that mold. Andre Drummond definitely doesn't fit that mold. Kevin Porter Jr., I don't even know if we really want to talk about him. We could. I Obviously, he's about to get waived by the Cavaliers, but I just think with the whole attitude issue, I don't know if it's worth bringing up. But I, I, think, we should. Somebody... I think we should talk okay. about him for like 30 seconds because a lot of people have been saying it because he's a guy that showed a lot of talent last season. He's kind of had the similar trajectory of Terrence Davis, had the same domestic violence issues, had all of that stuff off the court, and now the stuff that's happened recently. I think to add on to all the stuff that you mentioned, he threw some food at a at a coach. Or For people that aren't familiar with the story, obviously the Cleveland Cavaliers brought in Jared Allen and Torian Prince inside of that, uh, that James Harden deal, that massive four-way trade. And then Torian Prince was brought in and stole his locker, apparently. The Cleveland Cavaliers were saying, all right, Porter Jr., you have to move lockers because Torian Prince is coming in. And then this guy just freaked out. He's been off the court with personal for personal reasons, so maybe there's other stuff going on. And then it just all came to a boil. And apparently he threw some food at a coach again. That's a, the second time the Cleveland Cavaliers, because remember J.R. Smith threw the soup at the assistant coach, so... That's a uh, that's there's something going on in Cleveland and people are for stop giving any- them food. <laughs> stop serving the players food. <laughs> so he's either getting waived or he's getting traded for another bag of peanuts. TD for a Porter Jr. trade. I don't know what your thoughts are on that because I that's the only piece, and that's assuming off the court stuff because I still like TD the basketball player more than Porter Jr. But do you think? in any world we actually trade for the guy because I know people are going to look for him in the comment section. Yeah, they're going to comment about him. Probably all don't trade for this guy, but hey, did you did you guys know that he was going to be available? I'd say that that would be the tone of the comments. He was 44% shooter last season as a rookie. He's only 19 years old or 20 years old. 33% from three, 10 points per game, two assists, two turnovers. So he's kind of as many turnovers as assists. So not a guy would be incredibly keen to go after but obviously somebody young athletic talented small forward I think that those things are interesting I just think with everything else going on that's maybe not what the Raptors want if they're trying to claw their way back into the playoff picture maybe into the top of the east to be able to compete come playoff time consistency that's what you need and leadership and everybody to buy into a system like that and this guy I can't be very confident would do that yeah no a thousand percent I don't think it's a move but Basketball, if you only look at on the court stuff, maybe it makes sense, especially with his youth. But taking everything into account, which I think is very important, especially in a season like this, probably not the move for the Toronto Raptors, especially with all the other stuff that they have to deal with this season. But there was a trade sent to us in our DMs, and I unfortunately don't have the name in front of me. I'll, I'll give a shout out in the next podcast. If I don't, DM us, we'll make sure it's uh, all good. We really appreciate all the trades you guys have been sending recently, but. I believe it was a, a deal surrounding Norman Powell to the Chicago Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr., who is currently averaging about 13 points per game, close to eight rebounds, something like that. So not the greatest of shooters by any means, but shoots about 
1.53s a game on 30% shooting, but is an athletic big man that still has shown a lot of promise in his third season right now. Riker, obviously Norman Powell is a guy that's a free agent at the end of the year. He's been a staple in this Toronto Raptors team for, I think he's the second longest tenured Raptor at this point behind Kyle Lowry, so that's kind of crazy to think about, but he's, uh, he's streaky, he's had his ups and downs, he seems to be on the trajectory to go back on and up, but would you be interested in a deal surrounding Norman Powell for Wendell Carter Jr., especially if we don't plan on giving Norman Powell a big contract this offseason? Because Carter could be a, a really interesting piece for this team, and he plays the center position, which is definitely a spot that needs to be filled. It is. I'm sizing up his stats here now. 27 minutes per game, almost 13 points, mm-hmm. 53% from the field, but mm-hmm. 27% from three. Yep. And in 27 minutes, I would say that that's fair to say that's on average what Chris Boucher has been playing lately. 29 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 31 per game. He's in that 25 to 31 (laughs) And Chris Boucher. He's been averaging almost 20 points, almost 25 points and a ton of blocks. So it's a little bit skewed how much we would maybe expect from an incoming center that's young and athletic and has potential. So if I look at these stats and compare them to what Chris Boucher has been able to do over the last five game stretch of basketball, this guy doesn't really jump off the paper to me to be able to trade norm for, because we were talking about who's the seventh man, who's the eighth man. Stanley Johnson is sneaking in there as, as our seventh guy, but that means norms are six and you're trading away Norman Powell to bring back in somebody who is a center who only averages 13 points per game. I don't know if I would make that trade in particular, Ben. Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on it, but I think the idea would be that you get a you move out Norm, you give one of Terrence Davis, Malachi, Matt Thomas, one of these players some consistent minutes at the two guard position, even though they've been inconsistent. Norm Powell's had his inconsistencies in the past, but even though they've been inconsistent, maybe if they have a guaranteed larger role, they'll come out and be a little bit stronger of players. So that will sort of fill out the Norman Powell production loss. And obviously the way Chris Boucher is playing, we're, we're not even going to compare any incoming center to him because we're, we're calling Chris Boucher an all-star at this point if he continues this level of play. Obviously a little bit of a meme. People didn't get all of the satire on our Instagram post. Some people took that passionately that we compared him to Pascal Siakam. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bringing in Wendell Carter, I think he's certainly an improvement over Baines, and he fits the style of play that we play more often, and he's a bigger dude than Boucher, so maybe I'd be more comfortable with him going down the stretch, and with all of this in mind, and we'll get into some maybe some higher profile names to end off this podcast that might be less realistic, but are you comfortable with Baines in a series that we have to go up against an Embiid, against one of these big guys, DeAndre Jordan, maybe he's killing us on the glass because, as you said, that Dwight Howard-style center is someone Boucher sometimes struggles with. For as tough as Aaron Baines has looked this season, he is a veteran in the NBA. He can shoot the three in theory. He can theoretically score around the rim. He is, in a hypothetical world, a decent defender. Hasn't really shown all of that in a Toronto Raptors uniform just yet. But are you comfortable enough... As with Aaron Baines as insurance, or do you think he should be the the Greg Monroe insurance rather than the backup center that we, you know, I could actually potentially play in our rotation? Ben, this is the issue. It's not Aaron Baines. It's I don't know if I trust 
Toronto Raptors enough because you really don't need a true big to match up against somebody like Joel Embiid. You can. That That is one way that you can go about stopping him like we saw Marcus Gasol do, just absolutely clamp Joel Embiid and cut the, the life source off at its core. <laughs> but then the second option is how do you stop a lumbering big man in the NBA? It's pace. You run the ball, right? They're the slowest person out there on the court. And when the Raptors typically start games, they'll play really fast in the first quarter, but then they'll kind of dwindle off. They'll go into a lot of isolation, uh, isolation basketball. Pascal Siakam will dribble a lot. When you're in a half-court set, they can just clog the paint. So you could play and beat the 76ers with Boucher in your lineup if you're running the ball, you're hitting your threes, you know, and make, honestly, the big obsolete. He'll score his twos down the paint. You double him. It is what it is. Sometimes he'll get it. Sometimes he won't. But if you're playing fast consistently, you, you're you're always going to be a step ahead of the person that's trying to protect the paint on the other on the other side. So I I, I don't even know. Like I, I don't even think we really need Aaron Baines. Maybe that's a hot take, but the Raptors would have to commit to pace. And I don't know if that's something that they're mentally capable of right now. Yeah. No, I I certainly agree. And even prior to the season, I was a big proponent on. OG at center. I think now with the emergence of Stanley Johnson, we have another big body out there on the court that can help with the rebounding, help guard. Because OG Anobi, the one unfortunate thing when you play him at the center position, because he's certainly big enough, is you lose his wing defense. And that's probably his best asset, being able to guard the Hardens, the KDs, the Simmons, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world, guarding those wing positions. And now, but with the emergence of Stanley Johnson, he's another, he's an OG clone. So if one of them's playing the center, the other one can sort of guard on the wings. So I think that's been a huge positive and even more in favor of playing that, as you said, pace and space, smaller ball unit, go fast, guys that can dribble, shoot and pass. And yeah, so that's the direction I'd like to go. And I think Aaron Baines is good enough to be insurance, to be a person that you say, okay, it's hit the fan, we need a big man out there, and I think he'd be capable enough to do that, and he's on a decent enough contract, so I think that'll be fine. The I guess this is sort of prefaced around the Carter move, but this can be related to any big man. I, I tend to agree. I think Norman Powell's more valuable, unless you're getting a, a substantially better player. I don't know if you necessarily make that move without at least trying this sort of smaller-esque ball this season, because it was trash to start off the year, but now... I think people are also underestimating how long it might have taken the Raptors to get accustomed to Tampa, get used to... We also were playing all road games to really start off the season. Now there are, those fans are kicked out. So things are sort of normalizing, I guess, for this Raptors squad. So I mean, we're seeing we're seeing the results. The Raptors are on a three-game win streak right now. We'll see if they'll be able to keep it up. So I tend to agree. Before we end it off, though, Riker, I'll throw out a few bigger names. I didn't... Five ten seconds, we can both talk about him. Bradley Beal, do you think the waving of Alex Len is a clear sign that no. Bradley Beal will be a Toronto Raptor coming up soon? No. No? No elaboration? That's my five not- seconds. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I don't think they accept Siakam for Beal at this point. I don't think they're looking to trade Beal at this point. But who knows? It seems like he's the next superstar in line to be traded. But it is what it is. Zach Levine, another Chicago no. Bull. Another disgruntled superstar. You don't think he'd be able to get moved? No. Said. Uh, <laughs> Marvin Bagley. I don't want him, so I hope it's a no. You don't want Marvin Bagley? No. Not with the way Boucher's been playing. Marvin Bagley, backup Chris Boucher. 
come out. Hit I'm some not threes. trading Norm to get in a backup to Chris Boucher. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah, but do you think he'll be sustained? Do you think that we should give up on a guy that could potentially be on the trade block for Chris Boucher's last six game stint? Yes. No. Yeah, I think that we need to we need to position ourselves to be ready to compete still in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I am re-inspired with my fandom for the Toronto Raptors and my belief that they actually can be a good team. Now we're going to see in this next stretch of basketball against Indiana, Miami, if they can actually compete against guys that will or teams that we will likely see it come playoff time. And if they can win four out of five or three out of five, I would say it's pretty impossible that the Raptors will slip below the likes of the Bulls and below the likes of the Hornets. They will come and finish at least eighth seed. So to go and do lateral moves or moves that even might pan out for the worst, given Norman Powell, despite his inconsistencies, he can still give you 20 points per game if he tries hard enough. I, I wouldn't go making moves for Marvin Bagley, who's all speculation and, you know, conjuncture, whatever, if that's a real word. Okay. And final one, the wavering of Alex Len. Do you think that will eventually lead to a Kawhi Leonard signing this offseason? Yes. <laughs> it's the only logical move. <laughs> I think DeMar DeRozan is going to come back to the Toronto Raptors, maybe on a minimum, combined with Kawhi Leonard, so he doesn't need to have FOMO when the Raptors win the championship this time, and all will be right and good in the world again. <laughs> You heard it here first. The fact that the Raptors waived Alex Len is a guarantee that they will pick up Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan this offseason. But if you disagree with us, well, you're wrong. But let us know in the comment section below. We do want to hear what you guys think. What do you guys think could happen, potentially happen? There's also, we didn't t- mention it, but this could be a, a space for Utah Batanabe to make the actual roster rather than being a two-way guy. So just something to look at. Not the biggest of moves if that's the reason why. But let us know what you guys think down below. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. The TikTok's been popping. Got a, some funny memes posted on there. So definitely check that out. The articles, we got a lot of people coming in for, for some writing. So we definitely recommend you guys checking out the website. And Riker, you have any last words? That's it, Ben. I'm just excited for tomorrow. Miami, let's go and beat the heat. Cheers. <laughs>